Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. And I'm Elfie Scott. Hi, Elfie. Hi. Lovely to be in here with you. You are filling in for Laura Brodnick, who is on a nice little break. And what a day for you to be here. I know that for you and I, this is kind of the most important day of the year. How is it the most? Oh, oh, I see <laughs> what you you're forget? saying. I know, I know. But also, I've been avoiding the internet like at all costs because of this. For context, what is happening today is the last episode ever of Succession will be airing. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you are here because you understand me. Laura Brodnick does not watch Succession. I mean, it's appalling news that she doesn't, <laughs> honestly. Truly, truly is. So I'm really glad that you're here. And, you know, before we get into that, which is going to be a big afternoon for us, today we are unpacking one of the biggest daytime TV scandals of the past few years. It's been all over TikTok and Instagram. I haven't been able to escape this story. So we're going to break it all down and explain it all to you. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. David Koshy Kosh has announced that he's leaving Sunrise after a full 20 years on the show. He's actually the longest serving breakfast host in Australian TV. He said that after 5,300 shows, it was time to move on and pass the torch onto the next generation during an announcement on Sunrise. Just a bit of news from me. I've decided to hang up the boots as co-host of Sunrise after... Nearly 21 years, over 5,300 shows, and... (laughs) Nat, stop it. Uh, And almost 16,000 hours of live TV. It's time to uh, work some business hours, I reckon, and have a bit of flexibility to focus more on Lib, our very big family, as you know, our family business, and, and frankly, my footy club as well. Um, So after 20 consecutive premierships in the breakfast TV ratings game, I'm... Frankly, find it harder to get off the ground to take those specky marks, and I reckon it's time to bring through the next generation. Let me tell you, I don't want to be a list clogger. So as you can hear during that segment, his co-host Nat Barr was becoming a little bit emotional, but Koshi said that his last show will air in two weeks, but he'll still be popping by occasionally okay. to do like RBA things and like finance news, very exciting stuff. <laughs> Weirdly, also after his retirement announcement, he had this bizarre thing where like a caller calls in on a segment and tells like a story about how they're struggling. And usually they're supposed to hand over like 500, like $1,500. He gave this woman like 3000 <gasps> Dollars just because it was his like announcement day that he was leaving. So he was feeling especially excited. Yeah, exactly. So if anybody runs into Koshi, ask him for some money in the next couple of weeks. I never want the world to know everything about me. 
I mean, that's why I wear big baggy clothes. Nobody can have an opinion because they haven't seen what's underneath, you know? Billie Eilish is getting really sick of people commenting on her clothing choices. This weekend, the 21-year-old made headlines when she took aim at, quote, women hating us weirdos who comment on her style, which is a fantastic turn of phrase, I have to say. So for context, Eilish has been working on music with her brother Phineas from like age 13, really, really young. And she had a significant cult following before her sort of mainstream breakthrough. I think it was in 2019. And for those first few years of her fame, she was really known for a signature style of, you know, like baggy clothes, coloured hair, sort of like androgynous masculine vibes. And she said in a lot of different interviews that this was like a conscious choice to hide her body. She was a teenager at this point. And she said that she had a really tough relationship with her body and it wasn't sort of like trying to be different or reject those typical pop star aesthetics. It was more of a personal choice for her. Then in 2021, she appeared on the cover of British Vogue in a whole new look. So blonde hair and the photo shoot featured sort of more traditionally feminine looks, soft pinks, corsets, stockings, all those kinds of things. So on Instagram this weekend, I'm not sure what exactly triggered this. I think she just saw a whole bunch of comments and sort of was like, I'm over this. So she says, I spent the first five years of my career getting absolutely obliterated by you fools for being boyish and dressing how I did and constantly being told I'd be hotter if I acted like a woman. Now when I feel comfortable enough to wear anything remotely feminine or fitting, I changed and am a seller and what happened to her? So I went and looked into her comments because I was like, I wonder what she's seeing you sure. know, coming through in her notifications. And there were people just being just so wild. Like people were like, I thought she was different. And like she sold her soul. And oh, it was just God. because she was wearing sort of like a crop top or something like that. Because now she kind of goes back and forth between those two personas, which I think is a completely normal thing. <laughs> so she continued more in stories. And I loved it because it was kind of snarky and sarcastic. So she said, did you know that women are multifaceted? Shocking, right? Also, femininity does not equal weakness. Oh, my God. Insane, right? Who knew? And she ended with, absolutely, suck my cock and balls, you women-hating weirdos. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to go for the end of the quote. I love it. <laughs> Got to say it directly. And, like, obviously, she's right. Like, everyone has layered personalities and styles. Today I'm dressed like an emo schoolgirl, and tomorrow I'll probably be dressed in, like, a Barbiecore puffer jacket, you know? Like, <laughs> And I feel equally myself in both. And I feel like you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who is now 21 who's the same person they were at 16. Oh, God, yes. And everybody's experimenting with their style at that time, like, especially, right? Because you're sort of, like, growing up, you're able to afford clothes. Billy is able to afford more clothes than anybody else on this planet. Well, her baggy clothes were always Louis Vuitton. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't blame her for experimenting. And also something that I didn't realise was how much backlash there was to that British Vogue shoot initially anyway, right? She lost 100 100,000 followers after that happened. And she knew that that was going to happen. So in the interview corresponding with that cover, she was like, people are going to be mad at me for this. And that is such a weird thing to have to consider when you're just doing like a really exciting photo shoot and a magazine cover. Yeah, she looks absolutely gorgeous. And she looks absolutely gorgeous in her baggy clothes too. Like it's so frustrating and it really just highlights again that women cannot win in the public eye. Oh, 100%. What I really respect about this is just the way that she is straight to the point calling out 
fans. She's not tiptoeing around it or like afraid of offending them. And I think a lot of other celebrities, including more established pop stars, sort of lean into the like cliche to not offend their supporters. They're Mm. like, you know, just be kind, that kind of thing. And Billy's just like calling them out and calling them names and she calls them bozos, (laughs) which I know people will argue like name calling is maybe not productive. I think it's important that people who are her fans, who are probably also in that sort of like teen, early 20s time, which is a really tough time for body image, I think it's really cool for them to see someone that's their age and sort of going through the things that they're going through stand up for themselves. I totally agree. I respect Billy for these choices and I respect her hot, hot clothing. So unless you've been living under a rock for the past week, you have likely seen all of the headlines, all of the TikToks and Instagram posts about this massive British morning TV drama. And I do know that saying that sounds hideously (laughs) niche, but apparently everybody cares about this. So this is a story about Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. They've been hosting This Morning, which is an ITV breakfast show for 13 years. And last week they had a big breakup, basically. So Philip announced that he was leaving the show and there's been a lot of drama unfolding. And we today have got Chelsea McLaughlin, who is going to walk (laughs) us through every detail. Suddenly I am an expert in British daytime television, which actually shouldn't be that out of character for me because, God, I loved a Jeremy Kyle show. (laughs) (laughs) This is on brand? Yeah, this is on brand. So I guess the most important thing to know sort of context-wise for Holly and Phil is that there was this huge mythology around them, not just as co-workers, but as friends, right? They've been, you know, best friends for 13 years and they go everywhere together and they go to all these events and they always appear on this show together. Like if one of them's away, the other one is also away. Oh, right. They take holidays at the same time and so they are really intertwined as a duo. We do so many hours together. And then the fact, you know, when we're off in the summer and we spend to choose a lot of time together, like we just, we just, we just get on quite well. That's all, mate. We think in the same way. I can honestly say, hand on heart, we have never, no. never had a row. And because of that, they had great banter, right? And that banter would regularly go viral on YouTube and on TikTok. My TikTok algorithm like knew that I would care about this <laughs> instantly because I have seen nothing but them for weeks. Can you start us off with like where this actually started? Yeah, so it's been about a month of murmurs, essentially. So in early May, British tabloids began to publish stories alleging that their friendship was, you know, on the rocks or that things had got a little bit frosty. Because in April, Schofield's brother was found guilty of sexually abusing a boy. And Holly was supposedly upset that she had not been warned that that was the charges that his brother was facing and that he was on trial for that. Right. Okay. So there was rumour that he was being secretive about what his brother had done. And also, like, we should be clear that Philip has nothing to do with all those charges, but it's more that it kind of walked in on his relationship with Holly and kind of disrupted that, right? Yes, exactly. And then Schofield initially sort of denied that there was trouble in paradise, I guess. But on May 20, he agreed to step down with immediate effect because he said in a statement that he understood the network ITV decided the current situation could not go on. So it was sort of believed that behind the scenes, things were so bad and they were just in such a bad place that guests were actually feeling uncomfortable. Oh, wow. Okay, sure. And things got even darker six days later, when in a statement to the Daily Mail, Schofield confirmed a widely reported rumour, something that was sort of like, I guess, if you know, you know, within the UK, right? A rumour that he had had an affair with a junior colleague who he had mentored as a teenager. 
He was still married to his wife at the time of that relationship and they separated in 2020 after Philip came out as gay on this morning. Right, okay. But he hasn't divorced officially from his wife, right? No, I think they're just separated but not divorced. Okay. So Schofield said in this Daily Mail statement that the relationship was unwise but not illegal because it began when the staffer was 18. So at that point he was in his 50s and he apologised for lying to the network and to his family and to, you know, Willoughby. And then a day later, she posted on her Instagram that she was very hurt that he had lied to her when she initially asked him about that relationship. So obviously that's taken a bit of a darker turn and there's now discussions about grooming and sort of those conversations are happening. But even before those rumours were widely reported on sort of the BBC homepage and all that sort of thing, there was a really feverish interest in a possible feud between these two. And, like, I know we love a feud. We love a celebrity feud, no matter who's involved. But I think we love a colleague feud, most of all. (laughs) Why? Like, wait, is there a history here of, like, feuding celebrities that we have gotten involved with? Because I know in Australia, obviously, there have been, like, famous falling outs, like Carl Stefanovic and Lisa Wilkinson. But, like, where do you think that interest comes from? I think it's that morning TV hosts, especially, and daytime hosts, sort of operate in this really niche celebrity space, I think, where they're celebrities, but we tend to think of them, like, differently to other famous people, to, like, musicians and actors and that kind of thing, because we see them every day, and they're in work mode, but part of that work mode is to appear like they're not in work mode. Yeah, totally. Like, being a good morning TV team is all about having good banter and having chemistry and, like, being personable and like personal as well, like opening up about your life and, you know, having discussions with your colleagues about what's going on in your life and your family and all that sort of thing. And so we don't know these people, but they're being beamed directly into our lounge rooms or whatever, acting like we do know them. Yes, 100%. And I think, like, specifically with Phil and Holly, like, the vibe that I am getting from my very scarce knowledge of British morning TV is that they're sort of sold as, like, the wholesome couple as well. Because, like, there are other shows that are kind of equivalent, but they're a little bit more, like, inflammatory. Mm. There's more, like, controversy, like, political stuff that comes out of it. Whereas Phil and Holly are like, do you want to cook a chicken? And they just chat, basically. Yeah, like, up until I think it was last year when Piers Morgan just, like, brutally left Good Morning Britain, which was the show that happened before this morning. And so that really shows sort of the difference in the personalities where you would have Piers Morgan, whose entire brand was to be a bit of a dick, essentially. (laughs) And then you would have Holly and Phil come in and be like, we're best friends and this is so fun and we just love our lives. Totally. And for that to fall apart, I imagine, is like probably a little bit shattering because we really like those kind of like super wholesome parasocial relationships, right? Oh, 100%. It's really interesting now because going through sort of the discussions that are happening now that Philip's left and there's all this discussion about who might replace him and all that sort of thing, it's really interesting to see the fact that them creating a persona that is so heavily, you know, they are like a package deal essentially. And so now people are having a really hard time taking Holly out of the narrative. So now Holly is being sort of accused of, you know, she knew, she had to know, that sort of thing. She says she didn't know. But it's really interesting that when you align yourself so heavily with someone else, their reputation is 
also your reputation. Yeah, totally. But I think that's so unfair in a way, right? Like, why should any responsibility be on Holly when he has clearly acted so deeply inappropriately? Like, he says that what he did was unwise but not illegal. But, like, still there's, like, a very clear exploitative element to how he acted as somebody who was approached by this guy to help support his career and entrance into the industry. So, yeah, I just feel like Holly getting embroiled in it is just like another example of how women have to bear the mistakes of men that they're associated with, right? A hundred percent. And look, the discussions that are happening, I'm again really deep into British Twitter now. (laughs) I'm going to come on tomorrow with a British accent. That's how deep into this I am. Hello, governors. Welcome to the spill. But all of the discussions about how he's likely to be replaced with a woman, because when they were on holidays a couple of months ago, they had other people come in and the audience really liked them. And one of them was this woman I can't remember her name but she's probably going to get the job or someone else will get the job and it's almost like pushing them into a poison chalice basically it's like that glass cliff thing that we always hear about yeah sure I mean I have limited sympathy for people who earn millions and millions of dollars for chatting on tv but yeah it's not fair is it for Holly I guess the story just goes to show, one, there's a weird kind of mythology around TV hosts. Totally. They're so fascinating. And we (laughs) always have to be like, their lives, there's something going on behind the scenes, you know? Like, that is just always a discussion. At the end of the day, celebrities feuding. That's what keeps the celebrity gossip train going. Totally. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And thank you, Alfie, for joining me. Thank you so much, Charles. And have fun watching Succession tonight. I bloody will. You know it. This episode of The Spill was produced by Gia Moylan with assistant production by Tali Blackman. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram. Bye! Bye!